It's late afternoon in the swampy, marshy forests of Kasanka National Park in Zambia. Birds are flitting from tree to tree, and wild orange and white striped antelopes run through the marsh grass. Then, at dusk, you come across a patch of forest that feels empty. The tree branches bow under the weight of big bunches of fruit, maybe bananas. This fruit seems to be making noise, rustling and chirping. And it's getting louder and more frenzied as the sun sets. That's when you realize that these heavy bunches of bananas have eyes. And they're not actually bananas at all. They're bats. At first, a handful of these bats lift off from the trees, their wings silhouetted against the orange sunset. But then, like they've been given some kind of signal, the rest all follow. Huge clouds of bats take off and fill the air, swirling around, squeaking, and flapping their wings. You end up with just black dots all around you as far as you can see. You have millions and millions of bats flying out, filling the skies in in all directions. I'm Amanda McGowan, and this is Atlas Obscura, a celebration of the world's strange, incredible, and wondrous places. And today, we're taking you to Kasanka National Park in Zambia. Every fall, this park hosts one of the largest and most mysterious mammal migrations on the entire planet. Going a little batty after this. If you're looking for a place where the wide open skies and the towering mountains inspire you to find an untapped part of yourself. You might want to take a trip to Wyoming. It's a place where bold, curious spirits forge their own way on all types of adventures. There is no shortage of iconic, expansive landscapes out there. You can discover breathtaking hikes, stunning state parks, authentic Western culture, and other historic sites— along with the tales of famous outlaws like Butch Cassidy and pioneers like Buffalo Bill Cody. The truth lies west. Discover yours at TravelWyoming.com. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. When you see the sky filled with bats, as the sun sets down, it's an unexplainable experience that one gets. It's a unique experience. This is James Mwanza. He's the general manager of the Kasanka Trust, which operates Kasanka National Park in Zambia. Kasanka is one of the smallest national parks in Zambia, at just around 150 square miles. But it's home to a big migration. In fact, the biggest mammal migration in the world. Once a year, beginning in October, bats descend on Kasanka. Anywhere from 5 to 10 million bats. Every time I've gone to see the bats, I've said, oh, that's a lot of bats because it's like the brain can just not understand what's like those numbers. It just doesn't make sense when you when you see them. That's Corentin Vacheret. He's the deputy general manager of Kasanka and works with James. 
Now, think of bats and maybe you think small black furry flying animals with little sharp teeth. You know, kind of like scary Halloween or vampire vibes. But Corentone explains that these bats are a little different. They're called flying foxes in, I think, quite a few languages because they have, when you look at their face, they have this like sort of triangular shape face with big eyes. And to be honest, when you, when you look at them up close, they're quite, they're quite cute. These flying foxes are also known as African straw-colored fruit bats. That's because their bodies are a sort of yellowish tan color, like straw. And there's something else that sets them apart, their size. Their wingspans can reach up to about three feet. After the bats begin arriving in October, they stay for about three months. And they keep a schedule, a nocturnal one. So they only fly out in the night to go and feed. So during the day, they're just seated in these trees where they're resting or sleeping. As soon as it starts getting dark, they start flying out. Picture these bats with their three-foot wingspans. Now picture millions and millions of them, all vying for space on the bunk bed, so to speak, of the trees in the bat forest. Kasanka National Park itself is small, but the forest that the bats occupy is even smaller. It's just about the size of a couple soccer fields. So things get pretty crowded. As the time to fly out arrives, you can see literally grapes of them. It's a bit like bananas. You know, they have, they're like all on top of each other. Sometimes the combined weight of the bats is even too much for the trees. And you can hear snapping sounds as the branches collapse. Too many sleepy bats piled on top. The reason there are so many of these bats at Kisanka is that they come from all over Central Africa. That's what a team of scientists discovered when they attached GPS tags to a sample of the bats. I think the furthest one went up to South Sudan. So one was tracked to Malawi, of course to Congo nearby, Tanzania, Angola. I think the, I think they were, the, the list goes on. Pretty much all neighboring countries host those bats and they all, for some reason, congregate here in that tiny piece of forest. But the reason why the bats come to Kisanka specifically, that is actually a bit of a mystery, something that scientists are still trying to figure out. But the answer might lie in what the bats come there to do. You know how everyone plans their vacations differently? Some people are trying to pack in all the sightseeing that they can. Others prioritize relaxing by the pool. But then there are the foodies who plan their trips around what they're going to eat and where. Those are the bats. They fly out every evening. They go and feed on a number of fruits. So in the park, they feed on uh, on the fruit called masuku, on pundus, some wild figs. They can fly every evening up till uh, up to 100 kilometers from the forest and back within that night. The bats arrive in October when their favorite fruit trees have begun to ripen. Every night, they fly out from the forest in search of these trees. Some travel up to 60 miles per night. And then they eat and eat and eat. They'll eat up to two times their body weight in fruit. Over the course of the migration, about a billion fruits collectively. And they're kind of messy eaters. They spit out pulp and seeds and pits as they go. And of course, leave droppings behind too. But that, as it turns out, is actually a great thing. Because every time a bat drops a seed, a new plant can grow. As they fly along, they are planting trees. When they are dropping, it contributes to their forestation. It's the best way 
to their forestrate these areas using the natural system. Picture the scale of this. Millions of bats dropping millions of seeds every night. And because they fly so far, the range over which they can plant new trees is really impressive. The huge role these bats play in reforestation is still being studied. But researchers have found that a single colony of straw-colored fruit bats, which is like, say, 150,000 bats, can disseminate enough seeds to replant almost 2,000 acres of forest per year. The fruits these bats eat are found in other places, outside of Kasanka and its surrounding areas. But Corentin explains that the bats' amazing reforestation abilities may have created over time a positive feedback loop that might explain why they come back to Kasanka year after year. Bats eat fruits, so they drop the seeds and you end up with more fruit trees because they're regenerating the forest and specifically the fruit tr- trees that they eat. There is a sort of incentive every year there's uh, enough fruit for them to to keep on feeding. So that's one aspect of the continuation of the of the process. But as to why it started and what why it keeps going on here and not somewhere else is a, is a mystery. So this tiny slice of forest plays a huge role in the straw-colored fruit bat's annual migration and in the bat's ability to reforest the Central African woodlands. But in recent years, these bats have faced threats, ironically enough, from deforestation, from commercial agriculture, and from mining. The Kasanka Trust has been fighting against deforestation in Zambia's courts. They also help local communities gain ownership of land around the park, and set up sustainable businesses like beekeeping operations. The goal is to protect the land and to make sure that the bat migration and all the reforesting that the bats can do continues for years and years to come. We talk about you know carbon project and carbon offsetting and all those countries spending millions trying to plant a few trees here and there in, in the world trying to have some slight mitigations to climate change while fruit bats every single night for free plant millions of trees. So it feels like that's where the money should go into helping nature help itself instead of us trying once again to do its job for it. The Kisanka bat migration takes place every year from October to December or early January. Check out kisanka.com for more information. Special thanks to James Mwanza and Corentin Vacheret for telling me the story of Kasanka's amazing bats. Our podcast is a co-production of Atlas Obscura and Witness Docs. The production team includes Doug Baldinger, Chris Naka, Camille Stanley, Willis Ryder Arnold, Sarah Wyman, Manolo Morales, Tracy Samuelson, John Delore, Chica Okoye, Devin DeComo. Our technical director is Casey Holford. This episode was mixed by Luce Fleming. If you would like to learn more, go to atlasobscura.com. There is a link in our episode description. Our theme and end credit music is by Sam Tyndall, and I'm Amanda McGowan, wishing you all the wonder in the world. I'll see you next time. Bye. Witness Docs from Stitcher.
At Radiolab, we love nothing more than nerding out about science, neuroscience, chemistry. But, but we do also like to get into other kinds of stories. Stories about policing or politics, country music, hockey, sex of bugs. <laughs> Regardless of whether we're looking at science or not science, we bring a rigorous curiosity to get you the answers. And hopefully make you see the world anew. Radiolab, adventures on the edge of what we think we know. Wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Willa Paskin, the host of Decoder Ring, Slate's podcast about cracking cultural mysteries. On Decoder Ring, we dive down rabbit holes and obsessively explore questions hiding in plain sight. Like, why has slow dancing gone out of style? And when did we all become obsessed with hydration? And where did the word mullet, you know, to describe a hairstyle, come from? That's Decoder Ring, named one of the best podcasts of 2023 by The New York Times. Listen to new episodes every two weeks and make sure to follow us so you never miss one.